your Bibles, go to the book of Psalm, Old Testament, book of Psalm, the 63rd chapter. Psalm 63, we're going to read verses 1 through 5 here in just a moment as we are continuing on in our year of the Bible. I know you guys probably saw the text message that went out, but I want to encourage you anytime you come in, you guys can grab our worship guide. Not only has all of the events that we have coming up, but also too, we include the service notes. That way you can follow along with us, fill in the blanks. Um, and I believe this to be true. I think when we take notes and try to remember stuff and go back to them often, that God continues to speak. just want to say thanks to all of you who are joining us for the first time. See some familiar faces, some new faces, so it's always good to have friendly people here. And um, man, I'm telling you, I, I think this morning's message, not because I'm speaking it, I'm just an ordinary guy who loves God, just like you are. If you're a lady, of course you love God. I'm a guy, you're a lady. And, uh, but I'm telling you, I love God's word. And I really feel, especially this morning, whether we're here inside of this room or watching online, I'm telling you, there's something that God wants to do in our lives on a daily basis that is so much more than just existing in life. Is anybody else just tired of existing, tired of just going through motions, tired of just getting up and doing this, but want to live a life that consistently experiences God in a real way? Uh, man, I just felt God put a check in my spirit this week that we could so easily just go through the motions of what we believe Christianity is, serving God is, and miss a very, very huge part of God. And that's what today's message is going to be on. So I'll open it up in Psalm 63, and then I'll let Nate finish playing because his hands are going to fall off if I take much longer on this one. Psalm 63, verse 1. says, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. Now, I see that word early, and early for some is not early for others. And everybody said amen to that. Some of you are 4 a.m. early. That's me. Some of you are 10 a.m. early. That's not good. No, I'm just joking. That's okay. It says, early I will seek you. My soul, my soul, it thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and a thirsty land where there is no water. Verse 2, so I have looked for you in the sanctuary. If you like underlining your Bible, circling it or highlighting it on your mobile device, in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Now let's just pause right there. People say, well, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Correct. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian, but if you want to be a growing Christian, and, and according to this scripture, if you want to be a person who experiences God in a powerful way, it says in the sanctuary. Now, I realize we have an online campus. For many reasons, couldn't be here today, whether sick in body, traveling, totally get that. But I'm telling you, as we go and we come out of this deal, we're back into this deal, whatever the case may be, gathering together. God, God puts a premium on gathering together. Notice what it says, in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Meaning today, all of us in this place can experience God's power and God's glory because we've chose to come to church and to be here today. And also chose to join online because you have to. But if you can, you got to be in the room. Not a really popular message today, by the way. Kind of goes, kind of goes a little bit hard, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Why not? Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with morrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Today, if you're taking notes, I'd like to speak to you from the subject of God's presence in worship. God's presence 
in worship. Not with worship, in worship. Let's pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Nate, thank you so much. Let me just start this with a question, okay? You can answer it to yourself. Unless you're over in this corner. They like to get a little rowdy over in here. They know who I'm talking about. The question, what would happen in our lives on a daily basis if we experienced the presence of God? The presence of God. Now, I realize in saying the presence of God, some of us might have some questions. What in the world does that feel like? What should I be looking for? Is it an emotion? Is it an experience? Is it this outer body experience? I mean, when a person says that you can experience the presence of God, we kind of don't know what to do with that. What does it even look like? And so I think with that question in mind, I think we have to explain some things about the presence of God. I feel like today is really a, a teaching message. And I know that when I say that, some of us might revert back to days of college and high school and elementary where we hear someone's going to teach us something and we don't quite know how that's going to go. It's God's Word, but I feel there's some power in teaching this morning. There's three things we need to understand about the presence of God. There is the omnipresence of God. There's the inner presence of God. And then there is the manifest presence of God. Of God. Let me explain those to you. The first one being the, the omnipresence of God, meaning God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. No matter where we go, even in this life and even in death, God's omnipresent. When we read the scriptures, we even see that those who don't make heaven their home, but make their eternity in hell, the Bible says his presence is even there. Say, Pastor Rich, I don't know if I believe that or know that. Psalm chapter 139, where can I go from your spirit? Another word for presence. Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. Did you ever stop to consider the fact that his presence dwells even in hell? I don't know if we can sometimes wrap our brain around that. His presence is there. So if his presence lies in heaven and, and both in hell and even on this earth, then we have to understand that God's presence is absolutely everywhere. The inner presence of God that's when the Holy Spirit comes to live within us. The Bible says in John 14, this is Jesus speaking. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Remember, Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven. If you've come to this church long enough to know, you know we say this a lot too. Jesus said, it's better for you that I go. For if I go, the Holy Spirit can come. Now watch what it says here. But you know him. For he dwells with you. Look at your neighbor real quick and say with you. But here's the key. Also, he will be in you. So it's not only with, but it's also in. The inner presence of God is when the Holy Spirit comes to live within us. His presence. 
Lastly, and what we're going to spend a lot of time talking about today, shouldn't say a lot of time. Some of you are like, Pastor Rich, if this isn't done in 30 minutes, I'm bouncing. <laughs> Not saying that. But there's the manifest presence of God. Now this is when he makes his presence known among us. I, I know we're in mixed company today. I know we know some of each other. We may not know some other ones. But we've been in services where God's presence shows up in such a way that the room could either go really silent or the room can get really loud. Not just in a church service. I think God's presence does show up. We'll see that today. But maybe even in our lives. There was a time where we experienced God's manifest presence in such a way that there was no way that we can doubt that we met with God. Have you ever been there before? Here's the great news. If you haven't, I'm going to show you how to do that today. I think what we need in this time and in this culture and in this world are not people who just attend and come to buildings, but people who experience God in such a powerful way day in and day out that they are led of the Holy Spirit, that they know how to conduct themselves, that they know how to lead their marriages, that they know how to be in the workplace, that they know how to work with people who know God and people who don't know God. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now listen, I know we're low today, but that doesn't mean you've got to be quiet. I, I read in the book of Psalm, it said they, they shouted, they made noise. It's okay to say amen. It's okay to smile. Amen. A quiet church is a dead church. We're not a dead church. Listen to me. What we need is a manifestation of God's power. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, it burdens me, sometimes upsets me when people say that we don't have it today. We do. And sometimes we're very quick to point out who doesn't have it and we don't look at our own selves. So when we make statements like the church just doesn't, you can't, you can't say things for the whole church. You ain't the Holy Spirit. You ain't God. Let me ask you a question. How's the manifestation of the presence of God in your life? What happens when we turn the attention to ourselves? Is the manifest presence of God dwelling in you in such a way that when you wake up in the morning, there's an expectation that I could be used by God to make a difference. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about that type of power. Now, beyond that, I'm going to refer a lot today to living in God's presence, but also to how do we experience God's manifest presence even in a worship service. When we come into this place and the worship team begins to play, how do we experience God's manifestation of his presence. What's it look like? What's it, what's it feel like? So I got to shoot straight with you. You guys okay with that? Okay, you ever been guilty of what I call drive-by quiet times? You ever heard that before? Let me, let me tell you what that is. I know I need to read my word. I know I need to pray. So let's get this done as quick as I can because God knows I have a very busy schedule today. Okay, now let me ask the question. Have you ever been guilty of a drive-by devotional life? Anybody? Show of hands. Let's get real. Okay, cool. We all have. Like those moments where this is what we do as believers. We know this is it. Okay, I've got to get this done because for some people, I want to be in right standing with God, which your right standing with God isn't only predicated upon your devotional life. But we rush this. And I can remember times in my life where I would spend times with the Lord in His presence and I would feel Him. Now I know if you're unchurched, or maybe not been in church long enough, it could, it could sound really weird to hear someone say they could feel the presence of God, but I'm telling you, it's real, and it exists, 
and it's powerful, and it makes all the difference in the world. But what I've learned is, is to experience the presence of God in a way that is real and that is powerful, I have got to slow down and position myself to get in God's presence. So I can remember there used to be a time, Vanessa will attest to this and those who know me, I like my music and I like it really loud. I'm talking loud. I'm talking like if I'm going to worship God on the way to the gym in the morning, it is loud, it is intense, and I am getting my worship on. Now, I turn it up loud so I don't have to hear my own self sing. Anybody ever been there before? It's like, yeah, I'm going to just kind of dial that up a little bit. That's why some of you, you'll notice the loudest part in the room in our sanctuary is right in the middle. Okay, that's the loudest part. If you come closer, not as much. In the back, not as much. But right, I'd be standing right in the middle so I could sing my heart out and none of you all could hear me. Because I just don't sing that good. I'm not talking about that though. But I can remember in moments where I said, okay, I'm going to slow my day. I'm going to slow my pace in the morning. And I'm going to worship God in song before I even open up the word, before I even pray. And I could spend a lot of time right here, but I could just tell you this in short. Anytime I did that and I began to magnify God and praise his name, like the psalm says, with my lips and with my mouth and thank him for his goodness and spend time bragging on God instead of just giving him my list of what I think he needs to do. I'm telling you, I experienced not only the presence of God, but then upon opening my word, I received from his word. And then my prayer was just amazing. Not my prayer, but praying to God was an amazing deal. It sets the difference. I've only got three points today. Let me give you point number one. Number one is this, God's manifest presence. Now, I know a lot of the introduction stemmed upon that, but hear me. God's manifest presence. Now, here's what we need to know. God started this whole deal, right? We're in year of the Bible. In a few weeks, we finally get to the New Testament. Okay, for, so for like 28 weeks, we've been diving through the Bible from Genesis. We're going to get all the way to Revelations, but we're getting ready to get to the part where now we're popping into the New Testament because the Bible is a unified, uninterrupted story that leads to Jesus. It leads to Jesus. We're getting ready to get to Jesus. His birth, his life, his ministry, the church beyond it. But God started this whole thing out. And what was he doing? He's walking with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve are in the presence of God. Then what happens? Sin comes. Don't have to go back to that story. We got that. So sin comes. And what does the Bible say that they do? The Bible says they hide themselves. In Genesis 3.8, they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Everybody like cool weather? Yeah? Anybody like hot weather? Oh, praying for you. No, I'm just joking. And Adam and his wife, what did they do? They hid themselves from what? The presence of God. Why'd they hide? Sin. They disobeyed God. They, they came to the conclusion that they were naked. And they hid from his, his presence. It's funny how in a corporate setting, even like this, maybe you've been here. You've had a tough week. Made some mistakes. And worship begins to play and this thought comes. How do I worship a God that I didn't serve this week? You ever been there before? And then the, the lie of the enemy comes in, Right? It says, you know what, if you start singing and lifting your hands, you know what you are? 
you're a hypocrite. You ever been there before? Number one, that's a lie. If there's any time that we need to worship God, it's when we've blown it the most. And the enemy would want you to believe that, hey, you know what? You blew it with your spouse. Hey, you know what? You didn't handle this situation right. Hey, you lost your temper. Hey, you said these words. And the enemy, he comes, he starts to pick and prod at all this stuff. So when you're in this worship setting and the band's playing, which all our goal up here is not just to play music, it's to help lead you into the presence of God. But the only thing you could think about is, man, if these people knew the kind of week that I had, oh man. But, but God knows that, so I can't worship God. No, 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 no. All the more so, you, you should. So with Adam and Eve, they, they hide from the presence. But in reality, because of what Jesus did on the cross, which means we get to enter back in because of forgiveness. So they hid themselves from his, from his presence. Now, I'm not talking about his omnipresence, right? Because God's everywhere. What presence did they remove themselves from? His manifest presence. Why? Because of sin. Let, let me kind of give it to you this way, okay? Let's all imagine for a moment that inside of this room right now, there's a multi-billionaire sitting in this room right now. Some of you might go, that's cool. But for illustration purposes, I'm going to say right now, there's a billionaire in here. Some of us might go, okay, that's cool. But then what would, I, what would you say if I told you that during the service, the multi-billionaire stood up and he started walking to you one by one and he started giving you a million dollars. Now I'm going to pause here to see if that's going to happen. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Some of you are like, I wish you weren't joking. It's one thing to know that they're in the room. Watch here. It's another thing when they manifest themselves and do what only they could do. Now hear me. It's one thing for us to believe that God's presence is in the room. It's another thing when he does what only he can do and he manifests his presence in such a way that your life begins to change. Do, do you understand that when you come to the house of God, no matter how many people are in the room, that you have an opportunity to experience the manifest presence of God for yourself. Do you get that? So, so when I come here, it's not just going through the motions. Do, do we have a set list? Yeah, of course we do. do. Do we have, yeah, there's a lot of things that go into this. But within that is your ability, my ability, their ability to experience the manifest presence of God because they choose to draw upon it. It's one thing, though, when we hear that God says, I want to manifest my presence to you. It would kind of change the way we come to church, wouldn't it? It would kind of change the way that we approach our quiet time with God, wouldn't it? When we understand that God says, I'm everywhere, that's omnipresent, but my manifest presence, I want to dwell on you. Interesting. He wants to make his presence known. Okay, now the next two points are dealing with the leaving of God's presence and then the entering of God's presence. 
So number two, write this down if you're taking notes, leaving God's presence. That does not sound good at all, does it? But you can. Is it possible to leave the presence of God since he's omnipresent? He's everywhere. Can't escape his presence, but his manifest presence, guess what? We could leave. How does that begin to take place? Okay, let's go back to Adam and Eve. What did they do? They left his presence because of sin. Let's go a step further. That was Genesis 3. Look at Genesis 4. Cain. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. He left. He went out. And he dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. So again, is God everywhere? Yes, omnipresence. If his manifest presence is there though, can I leave it? Yes, you can leave it. Who else in the Old Testament did it? Jonah. Look at Jonah chapter 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Verse 3. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. A choice was made. I don't want to be in God's manifest presence. So whether it's Adam and Eve, whether it's Cain, whether it's Jonah, whether it's even other heroes in the Bible, you can make a choice to leave the manifest presence of God. The question is, how? How do we leave his presence? It's a simple answer. Disobedience. That's all it comes down to. This is not a popular message today either. It's to tell people that your disobedience to God is you exiting his manifest presence. Now we would like to think that God's okay with that. God's not okay with that. You're his child. See, a lot of times we hear, well, I could leave God's presence, so I'm just going to up and go, and God's just going to be silent. That's not the heart of the Father. If that was the case, the prodigal son left the presence of the father, and as he went out and lived a wild life, the Bible says the father came out, and he stared upon the horizon every single day, saying, when is my son coming home? That is a picture of God. When people paint a picture of God being angry and upset and mad, it's, that's not God. God's the Father who's patiently waiting for us, for you, and for me to step away from our disobedience and to go back to his presence. But the reality is, we leave his presence when we don't do what he says. And it just really comes down to that. I've said this so many times. It was, it was spoken to me. It's a life quote for me. But success in life is simply reading the Bible and doing what it says. We want to we we win at everything. We want to succeed at everything. But if you don't read the Bible and do what it says, you just won't. Matter of fact, you might get what you thought of success and only find out that's not what God had for you. I would rather succeed at what God wants me to succeed at than to succeed at things that don't really matter. As believers, we're not supposed to have fears. So here's my caution in life that I have. Succeeding at the things that don't matter. 
What does God say matters? Well, if I'm not in God's word, I don't know. So when I read God's word, and there comes a time where I have to obey, when I do that, I'm staying in his presence. But when I willfully, because notice there's, there's a thing here. You're going to make mistakes. You're human. I'm talking you, you leave the presence of God when you say, God, your word, your ways, your precepts, your commandments, your to-do list, whatever you want to call them, is not for me. That is when you leave the presence, the manifest presence of God. Vanessa and I, in December, are going on 15 years of marriage, which is really cool. Really cool. Some of you have been married a lot longer than I have. <laughs> Some of you are like, that's sweet. That's great. Uh, we're getting there, okay? We're getting there. I'm trying to catch him. So, married folk, you're going to get what I'm saying here. When you're at odds with your spouse, isn't it funny how you could be in the same room, but really not experiencing their presence? You know what that feels like? Even if you're not married, you, you know what it's like to be in the same room with someone, but to not be on the same page. Stinks, huh? It's a, it's a tough, it's a tough feeling. You can be in a person's presence, but yet not in their presence. To not have their attention. You can be in the same house and not experiencing the joy of the presence of that person. Now hear me. You can come to church. You can pray and you could read your Bible and still not experience the full presence of God if you are not doing what God wants you to do. You want to know how that's true? It's the ones who are hearers only of the word but not doers of the word. There's a difference. Hearing and doing is obedience. So if I hear God's word, but I don't do God's word, there's a problem. So I've got to do what God is saying. I just believe that God wants us to live in his presence in a powerful way. And the way that we do so is we obey. As Nate comes, lastly, Experiencing God in a powerful way comes down to number three, entering God's presence. So number one, the manifest of God's presence. We know that we could leave God's presence, but now here's the part that I'm really excited about. Entering in to God's presence. Entering in in such a way that things change. Let me show you a couple of scriptures of how we enter, not only in a corporate setting, but in an individual setting. Psalm 95 verse 1 says, Oh come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. And then it says, again, let us shout joyfully to him in Psalms. Psalm 100 verse 1, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. 
Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with singing. Okay, so I realize that these two verses talk a lot about shouting and singing. Verses also referred to clapping our hands. It's the reason why sometimes we, we ask you guys to give the Lord. Back in my day, I've grown up in church. A hand clap of praise. You remember that statement right there? I was raised on that. There's a reason why in church, whether they're a worship leader or someone singing, why they encourage you to sing. Because it says right here, come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully. Let us, let us sing. You say, man, I, like I said earlier, I, I'm not really musically inclined. Thank God you don't have to be musically inclined. Aren't you thankful for that? I know it's a corny joke, but it's true. It says to make a joyful noise, not a note. Now, some of you go, well, I'm still not thinking that note was too joyful. Well, I'm not singing to you. I'm singing to God. And I like to think God might look down and say, oh, that's, that's special. But still, he's okay with that. I heard of a joke one time. There was a guest speaker. He was going to a church, and he was going to be speaking that night. And as they were worshiping, he was worshiping with everything that he had. Just going for God. And so they came to the part in the service where they did the meet and greet and people are crossing the aisles. They're shaking, doing high fives at the, the host pastor who invited them. He just, he looks over at him and they begin to call. He says, you know, you remind me of a jailhouse singer. And all of a sudden the, the guest pastor said, oh, you, you mean like, like Paul and Silas? Like they were, you know, they were in jail and they were worshiping and the walls fell. And he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, he says, you're more like a few bars behind and looking for a key. You can't quite get it. I remember one time, you guys have heard me say this too, Timmy's not here anymore. I, I, did, I went through a whole worship set and they left my mic on in his monitor. He was drumming, you know, and I'm just on the front row and I'm just, man, I'm going for God. I'm worshiping, I'm singing. Vanessa's probably going, what in the world did I marry? And so I'm just going for it. And so I get up to start preaching and all of a sudden Timmy hops off the drum set, comes over and leans in my ear and says, great voice and he goes and he sits down it was horrible I equate my voice to a uh, laughing hyena and a trash compactor okay if you can imagine what that sounds like but how many guys are thankful God doesn't care how you sound he says will you praise me with your lips will you sing to me now listen your way of singing and somebody else's way of singing does not have to be compared you guys might not believe this I'm really introverted so that doesn't make any sense. I know. I speak. I get it. I understand. But I'm, I'm wired that way. And so for me, while I say, you know, oh, I sing out loud, I'm not like, I'm not the jump around guy. You know, like, you ever been to worship service before? Like, they're just all, I mean, they're expressive. That's not me. I don't sing loud. But I sing enough to be heard. And it's just as powerful as the other person who is that way. But that's how God wired me. Now, when I'm in my truck, man, every morning at 4 a.m. when I'm driving up to Atascadero to go to work, worship music's on, man. I'm just going for it. Just worshiping God. I'm telling you, man, his presence in that truck every single morning, man, it sets the day. Entering into his presence. And then there's times... Now, don't give me a bad look, okay? But then there's times where I worship. And 
man, it just feels empty. You ever been there before? And all of a sudden, God will remind me of something. Whether it was a conversation I had with Vanessa, an interaction with someone, or maybe something I'm battling on the inside. And I try to enter into his, his manifest presence. And God says, hey, I need you to deal with this real quick. You ever been there? And then I deal with it. And then I enter back into his presence. As, as you stand this morning and as we close, in just a moment, Nate's going to just lead in worship. And you guys have been around long enough to know the things that I go through. I'm, I'm a very open, honest pastor, sometimes to a fault, I think, for some. But that's okay. I think I have to lead the way I feel God's leading me to leave. I had the worst night of sleep last night. Been there before? It's horrible. At 11.41, five years ago, my little brother breathed his last breath on this earth. Now, I gotta be honest with you. I kind of forgot that. I don't remember when I did it. I've been thinking about it all morning. You say, Pastor Rich, you're a lot more calmer today than you normally are. I'm just trying to process some things if I'm being straight. Apparently, at some point, I had put on my calendar, on my phone, the day that he died and the time. And for whatever reason, I forgot about it. And so I was trying to sleep last night, and an alert, and an alert went off on my, on my phone and on my, and I picked it up and I read it. And man, I got to tell you, I was so devastated. Now, God has healed me and my family, and man, God's, God's grace and comfort has been amazing. But man, I couldn't sleep. There was a couple years there where I really dealt with a lot of guilt of whether or not I did my part in trying to help. And I know, I know I did, but there's times when the enemy just comes and wants to just pick at your brain. So, man, I struggled. So when I got up this morning, 4 a.m., like I always do, it's just how I'm wired. Church don't start till 10.30. I'm here by 4.30 every Sunday morning. Everything's already done. I just, it's what I do. And I wanted to enter into God's presence to get my heart ready. I gotta be honest, guys, I couldn't do it. You ever been there? You ever been there? You got so many things on your mind. I don't know why it took me so long. But all of a sudden, I was just sitting up in my office. I knew I had band practice at 8.30. My message is already done. Things are fine. I don't know why it took me so long to go, Rich, just turn on some worship music. Just get in his presence. So it's what I did. And his presence came. And that heaviness and that, that shame that was trying to come back on my life over something that I had zero control over. 
vanished. And I experienced that manifest presence of God. And then the joy came. Amen. I said the joy came. And I couldn't make sense of it, but I was like, ooh, that's really good. Man, that's good. And I didn't even pray. I just turned on worship music and just began to sing along. And it's as if God said, ah, there you are. And in my little old office up top, man, his presence came. And then something kicked and that joy came and I said, come on, it's time to tackle the day. And then I came down here and I got really loud on there. I don't say that so y'all could feel sorry for dear little Pastor Rich. I'm not saying it for that reason. I'm telling you because I think we all face things. And of course, God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. But when you need a manifestation of his presence in a real way, I'm telling you, it's time to press in. It's time to sing with your lips. It's time to shout for joy. It's time to clap your hands. It's time to lift your hands. And it's time for us to get beyond what life is, to get into all that God is, so that we can experience his manifest presence, which wants to equip us and wants to fill us for the day.